I don't want to lose my daughter, Mr. Roth. Are you familiar with deprogramming? We would forcibly take your daughter away from the group. Far away. She would not know where she was. But more importantly, where no one else would be able to find her. I would begin the process of breaking her down. You have to ask yourselves, how far am I willing to go? Welcome to episode one of Flixed colon Faults. Uh, my name is Dustin. They call me Chris. And we are here to help you peruse Netflix's extensive film catalog, picking out a different movie for each episode, purely based on how interesting it looks to us, and then telling you whether or not it's a movie you should watch. So today, we chose Faults. And as Netflix describes it, Faults is a movie that is about... Oh, this is a bad way to introduce. <laughs> so, so Netflix's blurb says, Desperate to free their daughter Claire from a cult, her parents hired deprogramming expert Ansel Roth despite his checkered reputation. It's an hour and 20 minutes long. It was made in 2014. does not have a rating. Stars Leland Orser and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, both of which are likely names you are unfamiliar with, but I can almost guarantee you you've seen both of these actors before. Uh, and it is directed by a gentleman named Riley Steams, which kind of sounds like a porno name. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a porno name. Like, I don't see how that could be uh, real. What is, so, that, what is it, the Brooklyn Steamer? Is that a move? Oh, it's like the Philadelphia Steamer or something like that. Don't dirty the name of Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's Brooklyn, though. I feel like it's the Brooklyn Steamer. God, we're, like our first listeners are going to be from Brooklyn and Philadelphia. Yeah, and we have lost be... the Brooklyn like <laughs> audience. They're completely gone. So, so or, go ahead. I was just going to say, and I this to me is always the most important part. When I look at a movie on Netflix, the only thing that I look at is the star rating. So you know how that works, right? It's, is it user-based? It's not user-based. It is based off of what Netflix thinks you would think of the movie. Interesting. So it is not technically... You would think common sense would dictate that the five-star rating Netflix displays would be an aggregate of what everybody sees with the movie. Mm-hmm. But it's more... It, that factors into it, but it's based off of your viewing patterns and all of the data Netflix... Next, blah, all of the data that Netflix can comprised of you between movies you've rated and even if you're not rating movies they can see which movies you complete and judge your your enjoyment based you know if you watch a two-hour action movie and you watch it start to finish and you watch 20 of those Mm -hmm. you like action movies but if you can't get through a drama for more than 20 minutes without just stopping and never going back to it netflix is going to say you don't like drama movies or you don't like movies with kevin spacey or you don't like movies with glenn close like it's insane the data swath that Netflix has for learning about you. Okay, so Netflix, as they recommend videos, they're like Ira. Like, they are this <laughs> entity that knows me better than I know myself. Uh, well, and they are controlling my viewing habits, and those viewing habits shape the way that I act in life. 
Ira is God. So you're going to have to explain that now. Okay. Nice. <laughs> and I, I think this could be the best segue I've ever done in my entire life. So we... Well, spoiler alert-ish, by the way. Oh, we should probably hit that. Yeah. Maybe we should do that in the intro. Yeah. We'll, well, get, we'll get the hang alert. of it. <laughs> you, like, that's not a huge spoiler, or really any amount of spoiler, but we're going to try and avoid giving away any big twists. But we will be digging into some of the plot of the movie. Right. And if one of us accidentally does let slip a big twist, we'll make sure to edit in a spoiler alert at the maybe, beginning. Maybe we could have like a really cool sound that comes in. Just like a, a, it's a like beep. You know just, exactly that your world like is about to shatter. Like a little drum roll or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it, has to be, it has to be cute and fancy, yeah. and then it just drops. Yeah. So, But nothing's been spoiled immensely. No. No, and they they hit that pretty close to the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I suppose that's true. So, just kind of giving you the background, I mean, it starts out, you get to know this wreck of a person. This guy has got his whole life, it's just spiraling. He is giving, I think the scene, or the whole movie starts out with him trying to steal breakfast, right? Yeah, pretty much. Not like steal breakfast like off of a counter, but he's trying to cheat a simple hotel diner out of his sit-down breakfast by faking a voucher. Right. And it was four ninety-five. If I yeah. if I remember specifically, it was four dollars and ninety-five cents and he just like he started eating ketchup, I'm pretty sure at that yeah. point. <laughs> and so uh it it sets the tone very early that this guy is just skating his way through life. He's been through uh what seems to be a lot of shit and yeah. he is just <laughs> clinging on to some sort of claim to fame that he has yeah and i think that's where the next kind of piece leads into is he starts talking to a group of people and he starts giving a presentation about i think a book that he has written on cults he's, on cults. he's the, a foremost uh expert on cults and and how to uh remove people from cults and things like that but his reputation has been in shambles after a particular incident um the the time timing of this movie is fairly ambiguous. It's reasonable to say it's taken place in the last 20 to 25 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like explicitly in the 90s, but stylistically in terms of what people wear and things like that. It's left to be pretty uh, devoid of a specific time frame. I mean, I, I guess if I had to say it would be like in the early 90s or so. I thought it was... Okay, that's actually a good point. I thought it was modern day and the guy just had no sense of style. Yeah, like I thought that too in the beginning, but mm-hmm. then when you go and look at what everybody else is wearing, it looks kind of 90s and there's a couple scenes in their hotel rooms where the TVs are old school antenna TVs. But on the flip side too, like I was gonna ask really that shitty hotels. So. Yeah, that's, I, I usually I stay at like a Hilton, so I don't know what a yeah. shitty hotel or a motel. Yeah, really yeah, they're looks more like. they're more uh, to that point. They are like motels. They're not right. hotels. They're outside access to your room kind of things. So, I bet if we really wanted to dive deep, there's a scene in the movie where she has a change of clothes uh, that her parents have given her, and they said that she hasn't worn those types of clothes since high school, which. She looks as though she's like 24, 28, 20, I think they she's actually. She's 20. Oh, 28. Yeah, she said the they say in the movie. So, and this is Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She's the uh second like there's two protagonists, right. the Ansel Roth, the cult deprogrammer, and then this other woman, this 20-year-old girl Claire that is presented as a member of a cult that he's recruited essentially to deprogram. Yes. I think they use that and it's actually in a little blurb yeah i've been waiting for that one for the last <laughs> few minutes so i was like i'm gonna nail that one yeah yeah so it's 
it's an interesting ride. I mean, that kind of sets the tone. This guy, he's got his life uh, a mess. He needs money. Uh, he made a bad deal uh, with his last book, and he has decided to take on this case and deprogram um, Claire. Claire is her name. Claire in the movie. Uh, and the story really just takes off from there. It's just, I, I'll let you explain it because I think you can do a better job of explaining without actually giving too much away. Yeah. Cause that's, that's yeah. going to be my problem. Yeah, no. And it's hard. It's hard to like, you know, obviously, especially for our first podcast, we don't want to sit here and be like, Oh, you just got to watch the movie. You understand what's going on. You got to see it. You really do have like, this is, it's, it's, it's the short watch. It's only an hour and a half and it takes some pretty solid twists and turns. Um, it, it, it's nothing too like dramatic. It's no uh, M. Night Shyamalan what to twist kind mm-hmm. of end. But it's... Uh, the subtle change it, gave me like yeah. the creeps a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it's, it's got this... It, it's, it's a fascinating balance between really dark humor. Mm-hmm. I won't say comedy, but just dark, dark humor at a couple points. Uh, just in terms of seeing like the situations this guy is in and like mm-hmm. the the uh, bluntness and 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 just stoicness of the way the performances are and the camera angles and things like that, and then it actually becomes this pretty dark story that has a uh, kind of unnerving growth that it's like a really slow unraveling. Mm-hmm. It's not like there's like someone rips off a bandaid. It's like they're just pulling off this like layer of gauze throughout the entire thing and you're watching this character who's he's certainly not empathetic maybe mildly sympathetic you're not meant to like uh like feel like you're, you're kind of cheering him on but you don't really have that opportunity i think more so than anything you're just like pitying him yeah i didn't care if he won or lost yeah <laughs> and, but it's not like he's he's presented as a bad person ever, no i don't think it's just like wow this guy like he just kind of sucks and he's yeah. just like pathetic and you're like man like if something bad were to happen, you would accept his fate. Yeah, he he walks that path, um, and the the interactions. I think all the characters, the the four main characters, uh, being Ansel, Claire, and then Claire's parents, were all played really really well. And the scenes in which you see the four of them interacting in different ways, um, really kind of built up the story. And uh, yeah, it's hard to like really go into it too much without uh spilling the beans on on what changes and things but it's it's a it's a noticeable pivot in terms of the direction but it's still like you still you see it and feel it changing but you don't really understand what's changed Mm -hmm. and then slowly as it goes on you're like oh okay i see Uh, you know like the hunter became the hunted kind of like the the tables are flipped here a little bit and when you first realize that the table's getting flipped you think it's one reason that it's getting flipped and by the end of the movie you're like no that it's still flipped but like that's not what i was expecting (laughs) was going on right um and the way they kind of show him from the start to the end just unraveling more and more and more is is really kind of fascinating and um it's just it's really good and and like i said you'll you'll recognize him he uh is a, a great character actor leland orser is his name and he's uh the, the things that pop in my mind, uh, he was a recurring, like, surgeon on ER for a couple seasons. Oh, really? Um, and then he was also in Alien Resurrection, the fourth Alien movie. He was the dude that, like, is traversing through the ship with them uh, that is infected with an alien for, like, the second third of the movie. 
So this is a good example of the different types of movies that we're both into. Because I think, I swear, I've recognized him in some Wes Anderson film. If it's not him, it's somebody that looks just like him. He acts just the same. He may even have the mustache. I think it's the mustache that's really giving it away. He's So I'll, I'm going to list off from IMDb some of the other things he was in. And keep in mind, in virtually none of these that I'm going to mention, he was he like a major character at all? Right. And a lot of them, he may have only had a few minutes of screen time, but enough so where you would recognize him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taken, he was one of Le- uh, uh, Liam Neeson's... Like buddies from when he was an agent or whatever that okay. like come over to his house for poker night. Oh, really? I, I see that on the list, and he's just billed as Sam. But I remember <laughs> that I remember him as a character in there. He's been on TV a ton. Uh, he was in an episode of Law and Order SVU, which really doesn't mean squat since there's like 300 episodes of that. Uh, he was. I think I was in an episode too at one point. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Very Bad Things. Uh, which is a 1998 movie about a bunch of guys at a bachelor party that goes very, very wrong. He was in Saving Private Ryan, uh, the part when they get to the uh, the area where a bunch of soldiers are like recovering and there's a crashed helicopter. Mm-hmm. He was the helicopter pilot who was like basically just totally hyped up and he was telling Tom yeah. Hanks about how they had some like high-ranking guy in the choppers so they bolted steel plates to it to make it more bulletproof but they didn't account for the extra weight and he's he's that actor that plays the character that's explaining that is that the scene where there's a, a line of soldiers walking through and then yeah. he finds the information he's looking for or he like he's he knows somebody knows who he's looking for right yeah yeah in not, that line yeah but that's right before that Okay. Literally, like, minutes before. But he, he was in there. Uh, I already said Alien Resurrection. So was he not in a Wes Anderson film? No. Can we clear that? Yeah, he wasn't. Okay. Oh, sorry. God. <laughs> I, I don't... I mean, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna find was. who I think I'm thinking of, and then i got to figure out a way to get that across. So I think that kind of gives you a really good explanation of the movie without giving too much away. I think, Dustin, as we wrap this up, I think we should just both of us say our our takeaways from it. Well, we were going to do our mo- our moments, like at the end of our each moments. episode, we want to hit like one one scene or that that hit us, whether or not it was like the coolest scene or the dumbest scene or yep. the weirdest scene. So for me, it was definitely this scene when he's going through his like penultimate breakdown, and it's not really clear if it was a dream sequence. At least when it's happening, it's certainly not clear if it's a a dream sequence or uh, if he's just imagining it or if it's really happening. But he's basically he wakes up in the middle of the night in his in the hotel room and sees some weird shit going on in the background. Then then you'll know exactly what he's what Dustin's talking about, because that we both looked at each other. And at that point, if we weren't, um, I don't know what the right way to say it is, but if we were a little bit more squeamish, I think that could have been a point where we just said, maybe this yeah. isn't the right and movie to watch. That's not to say that it's it's graphic. In no, but nature, it's but dark. Yeah, yeah. It's not visually graphic, but at that moment, that's like the critical like turning point where that, that 90 degree pivot goes. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like, it, it didn't flip in another direction completely, but it's just going somewhere else that yeah. you weren't planning on at all. Like the dial was already moving up to that point, but at that point it just jumped it, yeah. way across the board. Yeah. And then it got locked in and then everything kind of changed afterwards. But. Yep. I think, and my favorite part, which this kind of plays into it was 
all the way through the movie, there's like a certain point, and I think it's when they first get her into the room and she just doesn't sleep. I think that was like the moment. Mm-hmm. All the way through the rest of the movie, I really didn't know who was in control. I never yeah. knew once who like who was calling the shots. I I felt like at any moment, all of a sudden, everything could spin again. And yeah. all of a sudden, everything I just thought about for the last five minutes, all my you know no preconceived notions of you know who's actually being played here i it could have changed the whole way through so when it finally ended i wasn't actually sure if it ended you know like i still wasn't convinced yeah that who was in control is still in control totally and Uh, for me that made the movie yeah i kept my interest for the hour and a half well i was just gonna say that about the length like i always think when i think of movies if if I had to ascribe like a time for a movie that is good, which is probably a terrible thing to say that oh if a movie's this long it's a good movie because that's not mm-hmm. accurate at all, but like two hours in my mind is a, a solid thing. Typically when I see a movie that's an hour and a half or an hour and twenty minutes, I think wow okay like how are they gonna tell a whole story in that right. amount of time? And this one, it felt longer but not in a bad way. No like, way. It, it didn't feel like an hour and a half because they did a great job at containing this entire story in there and making it feel like it was longer but not exhausting you watching it or anything right it was the perfect length for the story they told and how they wanted to tell it and i think on the opposite of your point i think the hour and a half like i gravitate to that because i think i'm like the rest of society and i am so trained to consume content in such a small amount of time and just consume a bunch of it Mm -hmm. so like for me and i would love to do the math this is like 3053 vines packed into one <laughs> into yeah. one sitting so yeah no and it, it's it it's, was awesome yeah. i loved how short it was and it, it to your point it, the story was told and by the end of it i was really happy i watched yeah, it it didn't feel like they they needed to tell more no way there, it wasn't like oh this could have you know you see movies that are two hours or whatever and you're like oh they could have cut half an hour out yep and sometimes you see short ones you're like oh i would have loved for them to spend a little more time Mm -hmm. showing this or telling this part of the story but it didn't need it at all no another half hour would have been season six and seven of sons of anarchy we just didn't need it (laughs) yeah no exactly so i think this is a perfect time to uh introduce the first rating uh, for the movie fault so faults Plural. Faults. faults not the plural. faults it's just yes. faults. faults okay um so we're we're doing a simple you know we, we kind of we debated about this back and forth for a while do, you know do we go the uh, the legendary roger ebert uh thumbs up thumbs down route and we felt like that was just too binary for us so we're just going on a five star scale uh one through five one hate it we'll never ever talk about it for the rest of my life mm-hmm. five loved it want to watch it as often as possible <laughs> that I can tolerate kind of a deal. I think for me, I'm going to give this like a four out of five. Okay. Like I, and, and like, that's really, really good. I have f- five out of five. There's, you know, maybe a dozen movies in my life that I'm not even going to try to name right now. Right. That would get that. And I, I've, I've long struggled when I like give reviews to stuff where I gravitate. Oh, I enjoyed that five out of five. And I'm <laughs> going to take this six podcast. out of five. Loved it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to take this podcast to, to try and make that, you know, that five out of five thing you have to really blow me away with something amazing four out of five you know the best movies i see a lot of them will get that and i feel like this this was up there like it, it was i thought i knew what i was getting into and i did to a point but mm-hmm. then you know i got flipped upside down and i loved every minute of that ride okay 
Uh, I think we're pretty similar. I think I'm going to go... I kind of want to give it a little bit more. So I'm going to go 4.1 out of 5. Okay. (laughs) Just A, outdo you, but B, uh, I love these types of movies. And a movie that I'm sort of relating this to would be Donnie Darko, which I know is overplayed. Everybody's like, oh, this is the darkest movie on earth. Yeah. Like this movie to me was just as dark if you want to consider it that, but it kept my interest so much better than a Donnie Darko did. Yeah. Again, and I, I brought it up to the point that why I liked it so much. I never, I never felt as though I like figured it out. Mm. So for me to keep my interest for an hour and a half, it's nearly impossible. So this movie absolutely achieved it. I thought the characters and the cast was great. I thought it really did it for me. I really thought it was a good movie. Since this is our first podcast, I don't want to give a five right away. I don't want to give a 4.5. Yeah. Uh, but I felt very strongly about faults. And now that I know that, uh, Netflix gave you a four out of five. I'm sure it gave me a four and a half out of five. Netflix knows all. <laughs> Praise be to Netflix. I, I want to just quickly follow that up by letting people know that, um, like it, whether or not you enjoy Donnie Darko, which I do as well, um, a fundamental difference here, if you didn't enjoy Donnie Darko, this is all grounded in reality. Yeah. There, like, there's, there's, some talk about some weird shit happening, but at the end of the day, there's nothing, you know, no weird, like, liquid snakes coming out of people's chests or shit I like that. I saw that. Did you not see the liquid snakes? <laughs> <laughs> there's no, uh, you know, talking bunny suit things or anything like that. So if, if that was a, a issue for you with Donnie Darko about all the kind of unexplained, just, like, accept this bizarre mm-hmm. otherworldly shit happening... Uh, don't worry about that with this because this is is firmly based in the reality of people's psychosis and just craziness of people. Okay. I think that's great. Yeah. So to wrap things up, uh, Faults, the movie. Uh, Dustin gave it a 4. I gave it a 4.1 because I want to outdo him. Uh, When can people expect us to put out another episode? I think uh, in two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah. I feel comfortable with that. I want to get that on tape so (laughs) we hold each other accountable. Yeah, Yeah, I'm down for that. So yeah, Faults, it's on Netflix, folks. Go see it. Yeah, and when we post the uh, when we post the podcast, we'll put an email address which you can reach out to us if you have any questions. Honestly, we just want feedback. We want people to interact with us. We want to see if we're doing a good job. If people are into what we're doing, should we continue to waste our time? Uh, So it'll be in the comments or the description of where we post it. So please don't hesitate to reach out. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us for episode one. Uh, We'll see you next time.